the sound check here. Okay, very good. The Lord's good. I'm glad you're all here tonight. This is a, can be a, a two sentence lesson or uh, drag it out for a couple hours. So I do have um, enough uh, information here to have two classes. So if uh, hope that works out, I'd like everybody to be here if they can. So yeah, the pastor asked me to. Talk about baptism. That's one of those kind of things that um, everybody has an opinion about, it seems like. Let me get up in this a little closer. They have an opinion about it. And uh, we're here to just see if we can uncover the truth and find out really what the Lord means about it. Uh, I think it goes deeper than baptism as far as the knowledge of it. I appreciate Pastor. He set a, set a standard of, of education. Uh, the, the word says that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. You know, it's nice to dance around in the spirit, but it's more important that we understand the things of God and they make sense to us. And then we can be, we can be then uh, mighty people in the spirit of the Lord. So we're going to talk about baptism tonight. I, when I started studying this again, I, uh, I wanted to go back and start in the Old Testament. You know, the Lord, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not a different Lord. He doesn't do one thing in the Old Testament and then turn around and do something opposite in the New Testament. So he, he laid down, and it says in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it says that the Old Testament was an in-sample, an in-sample for us. An in-sample is an acted-out example. So we don't have any, we should not have any question to know what the Lord's intention was. We can go back to the Old Testament and see in similar circumstances what did the Lord do at that time. So we have a few examples since we're talking about baptism, and baptism is uh, dealing uh, with the element of water in it we are baptized into water and we go in and we come back out so old testament has a couple three uh accounts here that i wanted to talk about uh concerning this baptism and um some of uh, great uh significance if we were there we would have uh we would have known that there was uh, something great going on but in the time of noah the flood in the time of noah so we know when the Bible says that during that time, there was violence everywhere. There were just revelry everywhere and violence. Whatever the person wanted to do, they just did it. And the Lord actually said that he repented that he even made man. He was sorry he made man. I told you, can the Lord change his mind? I think he can change his mind, but he doesn't change his will, what he's going to do. And nothing is too strong or too great for the Lord to handle. But he said he had repented that he even made man, that man had fallen so far from the place where he had put man in the beginning in the garden. And he had fallen so far because of sin had come in that he said, we're going to have to do something about this. So we know in the time of Noah, there was a great flood, you know, so... Through all of that, the Lord caused the flood to come and caused the rain to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. 
until there was even the mountaintops were filled with water and the sky for every source there was or water to come water came and what did it do well it wiped out all the people except for noah it says noah found grace in the eyes of the lord the one man you think the lord's able to see he's able to look at people and tell right and of all the people noah was the only one that he found grace in that Noah, he's an upright man. He's serving me in hardships and in times where it's hard for him to do it. So he put the blessing. He made a covenant with Noah to, to deliver them. I'm going to wipe out all men if I can, but I'm going to build, rebuild with Noah. So we know how the story, how the account goes in the Bible, how the floods came and the people were, you know, they laughed at him for 120 years, I guess it was, a bill in a boat. And never, at that point, I don't believe it had even rained, so nobody even knew what that was. But the Lord caused something to happen, and a judgment out of judgment. So we know how that account goes, how the Lord, they were in that ark for a year. Bring the animals in, we're going to preserve the animals. I mean, you think he could have brought people in too, right? But see... Only Noah was the one that had found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So all that time goes by. They're in that, in that ark for a year before it came back down and it settled down and abated. The scripture says the, the waters abated and they could walk out on dry ground. So that's a form as we begin to look at the, the scriptures on baptism. That's a form of baptism. They were rescued from the judgment of God, from, from the, 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 the ill that he was going to put on the people because of their disobedience and their, their looking at their own self and thinking they were God in their own self. I'm just going to do what I want to do. So we see that God had caused this to come or as a judgment, as a disobedient group. <clears throat> Says uh, Genesis six seventeen says, and behold, I I even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh. This doesn't sound very good about baptism, right? But understand what the perspective, what we go through. Maybe it's an in sample. It's an example of what we're going to go through in the spirit, but it's in the flesh. So we can we we understand flesh good. The spirit things is a little harder for us. So the Lord gives us this example. That we can that we can cleave to ourselves and to know if we if we wander away if we begin to be my own uh, ruler of my own life and I set my own destiny what I want to do you can't do that and be a Christian if we're going to follow the Lord's orders even Nick said that it that word penetrated his heart and he says I see things a little different now I see that I am not my own maker. We have the Lord as a maker. So if he causes us, and we can see by that, we put ourselves in that position of being in that flood time. And I'm sure they called out to God. But when they had the opportunity, what did they do? They didn't do it. So we're in the breath of life. He says he's going to kill everything that had the breath of life. Fish didn't die, apparently. Oh, they live in water, so I don't think the fish died. But, you know, 
people and animals and everything that had the breath of life in them. The Lord breathed into Adam, and he became a living soul. He became a living being. And yet at this time here, he has to send a flood to kill them all because the evil is not going to be able to enter into his kingdom. And, we, and the Lord doesn't do magic. The Lord doesn't do magic and just say, well, I'll wave a wand over you and you're okay. You're a follower of me. He doesn't do that. He leaves it still as he was in the garden. He leaves it up to man to make the right decisions. So we learned about these things, how it happened in the Old Testament that we can learn in the spiritual matter that we live now in, in the spirit, because of we're further on in this, in this time that we can then live the life pleasing to the Lord. Now, you know, they all ridiculed Noah all those years, ridiculed him. Why are you, what are you doing? It's a stupid thing you're doing. But they soon found out that Noah knew something that they didn't know. So we see that the men, the people um, were, were killed at that time because the evil, the Lord, evil is not going to enter in to the presence of the Lord. It's not going to enter into his kingdom. All these, uh, we see a lot of things on the news nowadays and everybody wants to feel like they know God and, and, and yet they're not living a life worthy of God. And that's an important thing. That's what the Lord wants us to take out of his scriptures. He's not going to beat us into submission. He offers us eternal life. He offers us comfort in our heart where there's no, none other to be found. He's there for us, but yet we have this old carnal body that's been born in this natural world, and we have to learn how to subdue that. We subdue it. The Lord's not going to come down. He doesn't want to bring a flood and wipe everybody out again. He doesn't want to do that, and he won't do that anymore. He's done that that one time. So we have that time of Noah that we see the water. See the play that water had in it? When there's a judgment came, the Lord used the water as a judgment, as a judgment against them. And so there's Noah. And, uh, you know, the world had changed. His, his world that he lived in before the flood and after the flood were two different, two different worlds. There were two different worlds there. And it all because of the water that came. The water that came. Isn't that something? Water brings life, gives us life. Not a one of us would live if we didn't have any water. Everyone needs water. And yet, those are the things that the Lord can use in our behalf to help encourage us to do the right thing. The Lord doesn't want to kill anybody. He doesn't. He loves everybody. So he's talking about that wanting to bring a flood to destroy all flesh. <clears throat> but he says, I will establish with thee my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and your sons and your wives and your sons' wives and thee. And the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all your house into the ark. So we're, we're discussing baptism. Do we look at that as an ark? Do we look at that as an area of safety? The Lord has not been, meant that to be anything hardship on us. It's, it's us taking another step toward him. That's what it is. It's taking another step in trust of the Lord. Now here, the water took care of our problems. Men, they were wicked in their heart. We come to the Lord. We have wickedness in our heart. So I look at this and I say, through the water, the Lord destroyed that in where, his, where Noah lived. But now we have the other side of that, that we can walk free 
from all those things in our life, all those things that tie us down, that make us angry, that frustrate us, that bring out the bad things in our heart, we can walk away from that thing. And the Lord gives us the option of that. We're going to mix this a little bit, but the Lord gives us the option to come in there, and it's through baptism. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. No, but we've made a step, and we say, Lord, I just ask you to help me. I need your help. I need what you have for me. And that's what the Lord wants to bring out in these things. So we also we have the flood at the time of Noah. We have now the exodus through the Red Sea. In the Old Testament, we know how the Israelites ended up in uh, Egypt. They were welcome there at one time, but then things begin to turn bad. So through the Red Sea is another body of water. We know how Moses uh, <clears throat> led them out of Egypt. Pharaoh said, get out of my eyesight. I don't want after the Lord dealt with them in plagues and, and famines and all types of bad things because they wouldn't listen to the Lord. And they finally just said, get out of here. So they went out. And what happened was they got out there a few days, I guess, and Pharaoh, change of heart. Uh, I'm sorry, I even let them go. I'm going to go back out and capture them and bring them back home. I'm going to teach them a lesson for being rebellious against me. I'm the king here. What are you saying? So what we have is this picture. And I, you guys have probably seen the, the movie uh, um, where it shows, uh, shows Moses standing by the river, by the ocean there, by the Red Sea, they call it. So they come to this point as far as they can go. They left uh, uh, the, uh, they were let loose to go and leave. Just get out of here. You guys are bothering me enough. I just get out of here. So they come up to this body of water and they can't go any further. And they see that the uh, king's uh, uh, chariots and all of his warriors are out there to come and get them, to bring them back, to bring them back back to Egypt, back to slavery, back to all of that. And yet we know that the Lord sent Moses down there to, to get them out of slavery. You're, you're God's people. What are you doing in slavery down there with a, in a heathen nation? The Lord had opened that up at one time as a place for them to go when the famine was going to hit the land. And he took them down into Egypt. But then there's a, there's a time came that nobody knew Moses, uh, uh, Joseph. He was the one down and nobody knew him. So they begin to look at the Israelites and the children of God as uh, could be a problem. And they're having families and their families are getting bigger and people are growing and they're getting more and more people on the Israelites. And they begin to say, you know, that we might be in trouble here if we don't do something about. They're getting more people than we have in our country. So they begin to put them to work and begin to treat them like slaves and begin to bind them up and begin to put them in projects to what they wanted. Somehow I got the feeling some of those big big cities that they erected was done by the Israelite people. They had free work, you know, free workers. But the Lord said he heard the cries of his people. He heard the cries of his people in Egypt. And he began a process of bringing a deliverer. And he did in Moses. And we know how, that's, how that account goes. That he rose up Moses to go in there and talk to the king and say, you have to let my people go. You have to let 
These people go. Let them out. They're not your people. You cannot treat them like this. Whatever words he said exactly, I don't know, but it was a, to get the king. And, of course, the Lord then what? Brought plagues on them and everything else. <clears throat> Turned the water into blood and frogs and all types of things to convince him to just let these people go. Finally come to a point where they lost their eldest child. They lost their eldest child, and he just said, get out of my sight. I want nothing else to do with you. Get out of my sight. But he had second thoughts. They got out there by the Red Sea, and he come, he's going to trap them now. They can't get out of here. So we know that the Lord, that Moses looked up, and he had a connection with the Lord because he was God's man at that moment to deliver his people from slavery. And so Moses began to pray, and the Lord says, just hold up your staff. And I'll part the waters. I'll part the waters before you. So Moses did. And the scripture says that they went across on dry ground. They went across on dry ground. Got on the other side. I mean, it's not just damp, but I mean dry ground. And the Pharaoh sees this and sees them escaping. We're going to go in there after him. And how the Lord can control those things. He's the only one that could. But they finally, they got across the other side. Then the scripture says how, how his men, how the Pharaoh's men went into the dry ground on their own to chase them down. To chase them down. And what happened? The Lord then pulled, pulled that which was holding the water back. And they lost all, everybody that was in there. Lost them all coming after God's people and the Lord says you're not going to take my people at all so here again they walk out the other side now understand that when these things happen the the uh, uh, the Noah the time at Noah and the time with Moses here when they got to the other side they had different they had different things that the Lord wanted them to participate in to do they weren't just the same old people they have always been they were changed because the purpose had changed in their life. They were going somewhere. Before they lived in Egypt all their life. It's all they'd ever known was Egypt. But when they got on the other side, they can't go back. So their only choice is to go forward where they're going to go. And so they begin to, they begin to, um, to, uh, move out into the wilderness, begin to move from that place. And, of course, we know the Scripture talks about many times of running out of food and, and uh, r running out of water to drink and how Moses, you know, struck the rock and water came out and the manna, they get up in the morning and the manna was on the ground, something neat. The Lord provided for them while they were in that transition time. He wasn't going to let them starve. That was his whole purpose was to deliver them to bring them into a land of promise. I want you to live good. I want you to have your home and you live in peace, not in trouble. But the start of that, to get them out of that slavery, look what they did. They were baptized in the sea. Do you understand? Does that make sense? How they were went through the water and they came out the other side, never to go back there again. So the natural thing is that they're trying to keep away from Pharaoh. But the spiritual side of that is, the spiritual side is where we are, we don't go back to the world. 
We don't go back to find our entertainment in the way the world entertains herself. We don't live like that anymore. We have different purpose in our life. The Lord took them up there and he wanted to take them to their home. But they had to get out of Egypt first. And sometimes it was harder to get, it's easier to get them out of Egypt than it was to get Egypt out of them. You know, and that's where we come from. That's where we're at. Sometimes we come into the Lord and our old ways just hang on for, for a long time. You know, I just shared, I had a problem with bad speech, you know, say bad words just out of the world is what I picked up, anger and whatever else in my heart. But when the Lord saved me and brought me out of that thing, he began to deal with me about that until one day I just realized I didn't have to cuss anymore. The purpose had changed. The purpose of my life had changed because I was willing to walk where the Lord wanted me to walk and to know that, okay, I'm not perfect, Lord. Well, he knows that. The Lord knows that we're not perfect. He wants to come into our life and help make us perfect. But only him, not me. I did it myself. He doesn't need another big proud boaster around saying, look what I did for myself. Only thing I can do is make a decision. I'm going to follow the Lord. So here we have a, a second account through the Red Sea, the oppressor coming after them to drag them back into, back into oppression. And the Lord says, no, you're not going to do that. And then he began to lead them out. So here again, that's a form of Old Testament baptism because they were saved through the water. The Lord caused the water to come down. In Noah's time, the water came down and wiped out the bad. So they weren't troubled by it anymore. But in this account here, they're not oppressed anymore. So we, we have situations, maybe we come into the knowledge of the Lord and we have habits and we have some things that, that uh, hang on, can't seem to get rid of them. But the Lord, as we follow him and we walk where he wants us to go, that things will begin to fall off of us will begin to fall off of us. We don't have to live in bondage anymore now that the Lord has come. But we have to go through it. I'm not saying dipping in the water is going to fix it all, but it shows our heart in the right direction toward God. And that's what we're looking for. Lord, I want to, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Just do what the Lord lays out for us to do. And baptism is that time where our purpose for life and in life can change. It's in our heart. It's what the Lord does in our heart. So we've got um, the back of that page. Crossing into the promised land. Here they go. Now they're out. They're still, they haven't come home yet. Well, they spent 40 years out in the desert, didn't they? I believe they spent 40 years out in the desert wandering around till they could get their act together, if I could say it that way to know that we need to follow the Lord. So the Lord, through process, and Moses passed away, and they brought Joseph up, and, and um, he began to be the leader. And he says, um, don't worry. I know you feel like you're not able to, to be in command of everybody here, these million of people or whatever it was. He says, don't worry. I'll make you look good in front of them in the Israelites. He said, don't you worry. How are they going to respect me? I'm just, I'm not Moses. 
And Moses led them for 40 years. And I'm not Moses, don't worry. I'll make you look good. That's my own way of saying it. I'm going to make you look good in the eyes of the people. So Joseph then took it over. Now, we're still headed toward the promised land. We haven't got to the promised land. The land that the Lord had promised to his people. And look how far off they went. And I think it was a conditioning in their heart to really have a desire to want what the Lord wants for them. To be where the Lord wants me to be. That's so important in our life even now. You know, we can, we, when the blessings of the Lord flow, when we get in the right place, the blessings of the Lord come. It doesn't mean we're going to be there forever, but the blessings of the Lord come and will minister and build us up, strengthen us, help us to be stronger than the thing that's got us. Sometimes there's things that's got us, we can't shake it off. But we get in the right, the will of the Lord in our life, and those things will, sh- will shed off of us. They can't help it. So they're looking for the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. That's what they're looking for. Where do they go? Well, they begin to follow. And here again, they come up to the promised land <clears throat> over the water, the Jordan River. Isn't that funny how the water keeps cropping up? The water, it's over there. That's where our promised land is. So how are we going to get over there? We can't get past that river. The Bible says that it was in, in the time of year when the, when the rivers was at their highest. The big floods and everything. So if we read the scripture, and the scripture says, well then, the Lord caused the priest to take the ark. We have to take the ark of the covenant with us to go into the promised land. We can't leave that behind in the heathen nation. It doesn't work. We have to take it. So he says, the priest priest will take the ark and step out into this river. And this river is that bursting at its seams, trying to flood over. He says, you take that, and they're looking at that saying, how are we going to get past this? You know, it's one thing, water setting still in an in a, in a ocean sense, but then in a river that's flowing at, at high stage, he says, you, the priest, you get that ark and you put it and you start walking across that river, River Jordan. And so they says when they stepped into that water, the water began to abate begin to back up. It says the Lord backed the water up on one side and the water ran off. The less little dribbles of the water ran off on the other side and he backed that water up. But they had to step out into that place. We don't know sometimes. You know, even now, we, we, what, do you, Lord, what do you want me to do, Lord? What do you have for me? What, what's going on in my life? You know, we don't know. The Lord just doesn't lay it all out sometimes for us instantly. It takes a, a while to show our submission, like Nick talked to, to show our submission to our willingness to do what the Lord wants us to do, to get into where? What's on the other side? The promised land is over there. And we have to go through this water again, but now instead of running away from our enemies, we're going to the promised land. So they walk across that river into the promised land. Now at that same time, that same time, there were two and a half 
tribes. Uh, Reuben, if I got it right, Reuben and Gad, and it says a half a half of the tribe of Manasseh. They said, no, we're not going to go. I'm doing pretty good. You know, the Lord's working in my heart okay, and I haven't really found my promised land yet, but I'm okay over here. I'm not going to go over there. I don't want to go over there. It's kind of scary in the water. It's got me all scared. So they decided not to go over. They decided not to make the trip and go over there. So Reuben, Gad, and a half a tribe of Manasseh, they ended up becoming the Samaritans. You know, the Bible says about that, and the Lord insults us sometimes by saying, even the Samaritans are better than you are. You know, how about this, the Samaritan that found the man on the road had been beaten up, nobody's taking care of him? He said, look, at even a Samaritan will come over there. But they didn't go over into the promised land. They didn't want to go. Maybe their fear, I'm not quite sure what it was, why they didn't want to go. But they didn't want to go over there. So later on in the scriptures, in the New Testament, we find out that the Lord went to the well. And that lady that came out to get him a drink of water was a Samaritan. And she says, you, you, you Jews, you worship in the temple, but we worship on the mountain. And the Lord says, you worship because you don't know what you worship. Because they didn't go into the promised land where the Lord would begin to reveal those things to their heart and truth. So they held back. And a lot of people, I believe a lot of people go to church and they just want to, I'm just going to sit back in the corner and be at church. I feel like I'm doing okay back there. But don't. Don't ask me of anything of me or, or you, know, you know what I mean I'm saying? It's, it's like we, okay, I'm there because I feel like I, I can't leave God altogether, but I don't want to go any closer to him. But all the blessings and all the helps that we get come from the Lord when we step through that water and get into the promised land where the Lord has been saving up things for us. And once we know now, we know as we read the scripture, when we're in the promised land, it's not, uh, you know, <clears throat> cake and ice cream over there. They still had to work for everything they, they got. But that understand that that builds us up. That builds us up in our strength when we can, when we uh, obey the Lord. And if it's a challenge to us, the world wants a safe place. Oh, don't say that. I can't hardly, you hurt my sensibilities. I can't stand that. And the Lord says, I'm trying to make somebody of, uh, something of you. I want to use you in my kingdom. I want you to be a, a useful part in the kingdom. <clears throat> Everybody's a useful part in the kingdom of the Lord, but not everybody is up to where the Lord wants them. And we're young. Some of you are young here in, in the Lord and, and even in age. You know, the Lord doesn't expect you just to instantly be, a, be a, a, an evangelist or a pastor or Anything like that, it's just it comes with the process, but it comes with crossing over the water and trusting the Lord first. Not sit back and say, well, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm just going to keep you guys in my sight, but I'm not going to get over there. <clears throat> Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's when our willingness to follow the Lord wherever he says, then the blessings are there, the helps that we need are there. The Lord will move mountains for his people. But he's not going if they're sitting back and, I'm not quite sure if I like that pastor or not, you know. We always judge. We go to new church for the first thing we want to judge is <clears throat> the pastor, you know. And we shouldn't be judging. We should have our heart before the Lord. And I believe all you do. I'm not saying that. Pastor's the, 
he's a good man. I've been uh, 20 years here, and uh, he's a good man. He's faithful to the things of the Lord, I'll say that. And that's what we need around us. And the Lord wants us to be just like that so we can help others. But we have to cross that Jordan River. We have to get out in that Jordan River where I feel like I'm going to be washed away. But the Lord says, you come over here. I've got promises I want to give you and help you and build you up, make you a useful part of the kingdom. So see how the water was used? The water is used in that as protection, as help, as strength, whatever we need the Lord has for us, as judgment, a judgment against us. But if we keep our heart right and we keep going toward the Lord, toward the Lord, the Lord gives you gifts. If the Lord gives you gifts, the Lord expects you to use the gift. I'm sure pastor many times could just quit the job sometimes. You know what I mean? There's just so many heavy things that can come on your shoulder. But you have to do what the Lord wants you to do, what the Lord's equipped. Each one here is going to have something the Lord's going to equip you with. And when he does, you're going to you're going to want to fulfill that every time. Don't back up. Don't tell the Lord no. Don't ever tell the Lord no. Now, I appreciate the Lord. I would be the last person, I think, that the Lord would 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 make to be a teacher. But that's what he called me to be a teacher, you know. I used to stutter like crazy. I wouldn't even talk to anybody because I felt like I would stutter all the time. And I did. But the Lord, I'm going to make you a teacher. What? That's the last thing I wanted to do. But the Lord knows what I need. He knows what each one of us need. You need strength? Guess what? He's going to get you right to where you're the weakest and begin to work on you. So, baptism is a change in our life. It's a change. The Lord brings us through the water and it brings a change into our life for our attitude. It's not about what is said and how we do it and how we hold our tongue just right to say it. No, it's the obedience of our heart and the willingness to accept whatever the Lord has for us. That's why we need to be in a place that we trust. Trust people. It's so important because it's hard to bear everything, our heart, before the Lord and not trust the people around us. We don't do that. So this is a good place. This Bible, this church is a good place. And... I brought these up about the Jordan River and, and uh, Noah's time and all that to, to know that the Lord is not just baptizing now. He's been baptizing forever. That's what he wants. He calls us into those things and he'll deliver us. He'll set us free and he'll help us. So um, we're going to finish up maybe next week on this. I'll have to rush up a little quicker. Everybody get a handout. Okay. Anyway, thank you. And we'll, uh, I see people are gathering outside. Is a time in it? Okay. Praise the Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your, your patience and your kindness that you show us every day, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you, you have no people in your kingdom that just sits around and does nothing. You, you desire us to be productive in your kingdom. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you and that you have, have set us all in a place, Lord, where you're pleased with us and we can be uh, free, Lord, to serve you. And we just thank you today and pray for each one that's here, Lord, that your blessing and your 
unction of your spirit would fall upon them, Lord, to realize that you are the one that's going to bring happiness and joy and peace into our life. And I just thank you tonight, Lord. Thank you for this this word that you give us to encourage us, Lord, and to bring strength into our life. And I bless you tonight. And thank you. Thank you for your goodness to us, Jesus. Sometimes we don't deserve it, but we thank you, Lord, and help us, O oh Lord. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.